0: Welcome to Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I'm your host, Reverend Campbell. It's great to have you. It is December 5th, and I am really needing to hurry so I can go off and do something else. <laughs> but I am gonna give you a good show. I guess you'll be the judge of that. I'm gonna try to give you a good show. I'll do my best. In the devil's advocate, we're gonna be talking about nine cents letters, COS drug policy. I've talked about this so much, but I still get questions, so I'm gonna try to answer them yet again. In Infernal informant, crumbly, crumbly, crumbly parents plead not guilty to Oxford school shooting charges held in same jail as son. We're going to get into all sorts of stuff. If you don't get pissed off by the end of this conversation, well, then you're probably a normal person. (laughs) But I guarantee there's going to be people up in arms, pun intended. Uh, And then in the creature feature, I'm going to talk about my favorite holiday film. And this is one that, you know, I've spoken sort of off the cuff about different holiday films throughout the decade of of doing this show. I'm going to give you uh, what I think is probably right now the way I'm I'm sort of where I am in my life and how I perceive, you know, my own journey. (laughs) That sounds douchey. Through life, what my favorite holiday film is and I'm going to give you reasons why so stay tuned for that yeah I, I'm feeling kind of rushed because I was just collecting all of my fi- different firearms we're going to be going to and setting up a range with a bunch of friends I'm going to throw a ton of rounds down range and it's going to be a whole lot of fun we got a table and chairs set up we got my hearing and eye protection um I'm really looking forward to this I've been collecting as much ammo as I can so that I can go do this with a bunch of friends and not really worry about it, and still have some left over for my own personal protection stuff. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And I think because I am a firearm owner, because I do, I, I've been taught, I've been brought up around firearms. I served five years in the military to learn how to, to use them. Um, I have a distinct perspective on firearm policies in America. I'm not terrified of guns. I don't think guns alone are gonna you know, hurt anyone, but I do believe that there are some really um, ridiculous individuals that do not understand gun safety and do not understand responsibility when it comes to properly handling firearms. And I think that article that we're gonna be talking about in the infernal Format is proof positive of that. And that's part of the problem with this country, not too many guns, though I would argue that we probably do have too many, but it's, it's ridiculous ownership. People who don't know how to take care of them properly, how to store them properly. So we're going to get into all that eventually, I'm sure. But that's why I feel kind of rushed and, uh, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to spending the day with some friends and, you know, being stupid. I do pro- I'm probably going to do a, a live vlog from there as well. Just so I can, for those of you interested, I can show off some of my firearms. Um, My Hellcat is my favorite. It's the best. It's the best personal protection firearm I think anyone could ever buy. It's a great. It has a 13-round magazine, and it's a micro concealed carry 9mm. It is a very small firearm with a ton of rounds in it, and it is just... It's a beautiful piece of hardware. All right, all right, what are we doing? Um, my son came over this morning and we decorated the house. We Part of one of the rituals that we have always done as a family is sometime early December, we all get together, we turn on you know, like classic Christmas music. And, uh, you know, from like the, the 20s to the, I think it's really like the 30s, but from the 20s to like the 60s. And it just, you know, Apple Music does these playlists. And it just sort of floats through a whole bunch of different classic holiday music. There's no Mariah Carey. There's none of that bullshit. There's just good old-fashioned Rat Pack era Bing Crosby greatness. And uh, then we just sort of put up the treat, spend time together, put lights outside, and just sort of hang out as a family. And it's just one of those things where, you know, it's Christmas minus Christ. Because... <laughs> i'm not a follower of christ which i'm sure you are aware of anyway it's gonna be a lot of good times um and that's kind of all i have william thanks for joining live and for all of you joining live i i first of all i canceled the mailing list last week and so these episodes where i do turn them on early or you know there's no way for you to know when i'm gonna actually have the show unless you're subscribed to the channel and you click that little notification icon, the little bell icon um, in this next to the subscription button. If you haven't done that, then there's no reason why you would be notified that I've actually gone live. So it's on you whether or not you want to find out. And if you do, that's how you get notified, click the bell. Otherwise, just tune in whenever you have a chance, no big deal. Um, but I do appreciate you guys tuning in early on Sundays when it is early and you know, it, it's your attention and your, um, co- contribution to this live show that makes it worthwhile for me particularly. All right. So Lexi, thank you so much for joining live Sapphire Rose. Good to see you. Christopher Lee. What up? Uh, for Great to see you. Zachary. How you doing, man? Valeria. Always great to see. Uh, um, let's see here Enoki, Thanks for joining live Sean. Good to see you. Uh, you will, I'll do a live vlog. And let's see, fucking man, go pew a few for me. <laughs> I'd love to go sometime if you ever have an open. You only have two G17 custom. Oh, okay. Well, we should get together. Throw some stuff downrange. It's just for fun and practice. We gotta realize that there's there's two reasons to own firearms. To use them to collect food or to use them in defense of you and your property and your family. If you own them for any other reason than those two, then it's really just a collectible situation. But in all situations, you should know how to dismantle, how to properly clean and maintain, and how to properly handle and store your firearms. It is incredibly important that you understand that. Or don't buy them. Just don't. Everyone should learn how to use them, whether you own them or not, because you never know. You just never know. And it's always really, you know, what if society collapses and you have to hunt for your own food? If you don't know how to use a rifle, you're screwed. You're going to hope you can grow enough vegetables to trade for meat? You're at your mind. (laughs) No way. Especially with climate change. Um, The only way you're going to survive is if you actually know how to handle a firearm, how to properly hunt animals. And so you could do that with a lot of different weapons. You know, you could use bow and arrow if you're actually skilled. But again, it takes practice, and that's what going to the range is all about. Practice. Um, Anyway, I don't want to get into the gun talk yet. That's coming up. Let's do a little COS drug policy with the nine cents letters. Devil's advocate. have an image that i want to throw up i always just like have an image with the conversation i don't know i don't really do anything for the conversation but for whatever reason i do feel better with it there all right so we got someone smoking out a window <clears throat> okay so i received a letter from a listener i have a question about the church's drug policy i use cbd thc for my chronic pain which is brought on by my disability marijuana is legal to use in the state of california but it is illegal federally So the Church of Satan does not condone the use of marijuana for medical uses, even if it's legal to use under the state level, question mark. Um, So I think the framing could have been, does the Church of Satan condone the use? Um, And I want to quote specifically from the policy on drug abuse from the Church of Satan's website. So www.churchofsatan.com forward slash policy dash on dash drug dash abuse. That's the URL. You should read that article if you have not yet read it. It is very clear, but I know that there's still some misunderstanding about it. And that's why these questions arise. So let's address it. And I do want to give a quick note here on the title of that. It's abuse, not use. Though the two in some cases contextually can be interchanged, uh, I do think that's an interesting uh, specificity on the article because it goes to pay off what the religion sees versus what the organization, the Church of Satan, sees as uh, the usage of any substance, right? So, that being said, the church's policy against illegal drug use, attempting to characterize the free-willing use and abuse of such substances as being satanic and, in effect, challenging the church of Satan's negative stance. That's why they felt they needed to write this article, this essay, because people are trying to say, look, the church of Satan, Satanism says you can do whatever you want, which it doesn't, and that means that I don't care about laws, I'm just going to do whatever I want, and you should support me in my illegal behaviors. Well, that's foolish, and that's ignoring everything that the organization is about and the religion is about. But let's break it down, because there is a separation here, and I think it's an important one for everyone to fully understand. The Church of Satan is the organization that has defined and continues to defend the religion of Satanism. And it's important to note the difference, because when the organization says, we do not support any illegal activity— That's the religion, I'm sorry, that's the organization saying that the organization does not condone illegal activity. And when you think of it in terms of organization, then you understand that why would any legal organization condone illegal activity of any kind, let alone drug abuse? That doesn't make any sense why they would. But there's another side of this, because ultimately when this question comes up, It's coming from a position of, well, that means the church of Satan tells me what I should or should not do. And that's also incorrect. The church of Satan has no say in your life. Not a little bit, not a lot of it, not any of it, none, zero. The church of Satan defines and defends the religion of Satanism, not Satanists' lives. So if you can understand the difference between the organization of the church of Satan and the religion of Satanism, then you must understand the difference between the religion of Satanism and the individual Satanist. Because we all share and are connected by a religion, but in most cases, that's the only connection that any of us have to each other. We all live very disparate lives with different desires, different goals, and live in very different places, in very different ways. Satanism is about the individual. It is not about a collective. And if you can wrap your head around that, then you can understand why an organization defining and defending a religion does not want to support an individual's abuse, no matter what that abuse is, drugs, illegal or legal. Okay. So if we can understand these very basic tenets of of ideas, then we can understand that You are responsible for your own behavior. It's right there in the uh, defining Satanism responsibility to the responsible. If you are going to engage in illegal activity, you are taking that risk. And that risk is solely upon your shoulders to suffer any consequences. So if you shoot up heroin and the dosage is too high and you die, would that be the church of Satan's fault? Because you did that. Or would that be your fault because you did that? And I think the answer is very clear based on what I've already said. It's your responsibility as an individual to make choices for yourself. No organization, whether it's the Church of Satan or a company uh, that you work for, is going to take your personal responsibility for your personal behaviors. They're not gonna condone any illegal activity. So why would they then condone drug use? Now, because they don't condone drug use, legal or illegal, does that mean that you cannot do drugs? Well, that's between you and your doctor, right? If you're going to engage in drug use, hopefully there's an actual reason for you to do it. Now, recreation is a reason. So if you wanna recreational use illegal substances that are, legal, that are legal in your state, but illegal federally, well, in your state, By all means, do your thing. Federal government usually doesn't get involved unless you cross state lines, because the federal government is meant to look over the collective states, not the individual states. In general, I know there's a lot of sort of uh, fingers dipping into ponds and stuff. Um, But that being said, when it comes to legality of drug use, always, always, always take the responsibility on your own shoulders Make the decision for yourself and do not look to a religious organization to condone your behaviors. It's on you. That being said, the nine satanic statements, the first one, Satan represents indulgence instead of abstinence. It's right there. The very first satanic statement, indulgence versus abstinence. So if you want to engage in taking recreational drugs and you decide you want to accept potential consequences for doing so well then by all means that's totally up to you but there's also the sixth tenant statement responsibility the responsible you have to take the responsibility for your actions you have to ultimately if you don't know where these drugs are coming from and you're engaging in the use of them you might not get what you pay for I mean, on both sides of the fence. Maybe there's additives and more dangerous drugs included, and maybe there's just not any. <laughs> it's totally up to you, and it's a decision that you make um, for yourself. Um, we, we have to really take the, um, um, the perspective here of uh, responsibility when it comes to any type of substance, right? So whether it's a compulsion Or whether it's an indulgence is something that we have to always keep in mind. Because some of us chemically are going to be more just naturally. um, uh, What is the word I'm looking for? We may be um, find ourselves addicted more than other people, right? It just may be a genetic issue. It could be a chemical imbalance. But the fact is, is that some people have to stay away and abstain simply because it is too dangerous because of their chemical makeup. And that's just the reality for some people. And so they would abstain, not because they don't want to, but because for their own health and safety, they have to. And remember, self-preservation is the highest law here. So why anyone would uh, become addicted to any substance as an adult who understands that by doing so, you are putting your life in danger. Well, it's a choice that you've made. And it's a kind of a stupid one. Now I have to struggle with the same idea because I drink alcohol, I make alcohol, I enjoy alcohol, but I have a family history of dependency. Massive alcoholism in my family, my father, my family members, immediate family members. I mean, it's something that I have to always keep in my mind on how I can indulge, but not compulsively abuse. And trying to straddle that line between myself, my doctor, and my family is something that it's a choice I'm making, that I'm, I'm sort of, it's like this roulette game that I'm playing, but it is a choice that ultimately falls on my shoulders. And the consequences may affect other people, but it is a sole decision of an, indiv- an individual must make for themselves, right? So that being said, if you want to take THC or um, CBD, I don't care. (laughs) That's your choice. If it helps you, which it does help a lot of people do it. If you want to take shrooms, there are um, reasons to take shrooms and real benefits for taking shrooms. But like with any drug with ibuprofen, you can abuse it. And that's a legal over the counter drug. So you always have to take this into consideration, personal responsibility versus abuse and, don't look to any other organization or religion for approval for your behavior. Number one rule of Satanists, uh, being a Satanist, is personal responsibility. You are the Satanist. Satanism is individualism. You must make these choices for yourself. Don't look to anyone else. For anything. I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous in my mind. what do you guys have to say about this? Totally think we ran into it not long ago. Indulgence is key, but there also comes a point when it's no longer indulgence, but reliance. Yeah, compulsion instead of indulgence. The legal definition of drug abuse also includes legal compounds. Seems a bit on the nose, but that's how it's written. Yeah. Uh, Do what thou wilt. Yet self-preservation is the whole of the law. Breaking the law, we got a little bit of Crowley mixed in there. Uh, The abuse of alcohol is a much bigger problem than any other drug. Yes, it is. No, it's totally getting caught in the realm of self-preservation. Uh, what about citing the COS exemption from vaccine mandates? I think that's bullshit, personally. Any, and It's it, it not COS. It's not a, any Christian denomination. Anytime someone uses their religion or their um, their politics as justification for behavior and not their own mind, well then you've already lost because you're not an individual at that point. You've given up your autonomy of self to some other group, some other amorphous entity. And at that point, you don't get a choice anymore. If you're going to say my religion says that I cannot do this, well, then every law in that religion should apply to you. Every law. And there's some insane Abrahamic laws that are just ignored about stoning people to death. About, uh, actually, you should have abortions in some cases. They're God-ordained in the Old Testament. So you don't get to pick and choose. You have to follow the structures of your religion if you're going to use that as justification. Or you could just be a fucking individual and say, I don't want to do that. I'm going to accept the responsibilities for my decisions. Whether it's vaccine or whatever. But if you're a Satanist, and you're using the COS's drug abuse essay as justification for not taking a vaccine you're a fucking idiot full stop idiot morning calista all right alexander good to see you Uh, ask yourself how does my uh, my asking the cos to back me on this help the cos yeah why would anyone it's such a strange concept to me uh cos believes in science though sean here here I can prove I already have the antibodies, natural immunity is science. Um, that is true. You don't need a religion as an excuse. I agree. Uh, it's on you to prove that you don't need a vaccine. Yes, whatever the bottle says, take five. <laughs> Choosing to say you want to use religion as religious exemption as a choice made by the individual also puts others at risk as you become a spreader to others. I don't want this to become a conversation about vaccinations. Um, any use or abstinence of any substance is up to the individual and the society that they live in. Now, whether you follow the laws of that society or not, again, is up to the individual. In some cases, there are um, uh, consequences, and in some cases, there's not. But it's up to you as the individual to decide and not look to outside agency. Um, you tell people things you don't want to do or are against my religion. <laughs> that's sometimes, d- <laughs> that's funny. That's why I love your talks. Uh, take the damn shot and forget about it, simple. It's when you lose your individualism and free will to dogma, whatever forces your mind at ease, that's your God. All right, so I think it's pretty clear. Um, no legal organization would su- support illegal activity In any case, that's stupid. An individual must make decisions for themselves and Satanism forces you. Satanism as a religion says, if you are really going to be the highest embodiment of human life, truly, if you are the alien elite, then you should at least be able to take responsibility for your own body, mind, and actions. You should choose for yourself to do or not do whatever you want to or don't want to do always keeping in mind laws of the society you live in, always keeping in mind consequences of going against those laws. You have to weigh that yourself. No one else can say it. that's why I will never recommend anyone take any drugs ever full stop because I don't want to have ownership over your choices of your life. I don't care what you do. As long as anything that you do does not affect me directly, do your thing, man. I don't care. That, that extrapolates out to any religion, any individual, period, I don't care. You do your thing, let me do mine, and never the two shall meet. That's the best case scenario, in my opinion. So yeah, I've used drugs. I will probably use them again in the future. I do not condone it, I do not suggest it, and neither does the organization. So suck it up and make your own choices. That's the hardest part of being a, a productive human being is to accept responsibility for your own actions. It's easy to look to other people and say, well, they said I should do it. So I'm going to do it. Or they said I shouldn't do it. So I'm not going to do it. But then you're giving up your free will. You're giving up your autonomy of self. You're no longer you you're them accept responsibility. All right. In front and from informant up next. I take that as a huge insult, Alexander the Great, a huge insult. I do have another image. (laughs) These two nutjobs. All right, Crumbly parents plan uh, plead not guilty to Oxford school shooting charges held in the same jail as son. A judge imposed a combined one million dollar bond Saturday for the parents of the Michigan teen charged with killing four students at Oxford High School. Hours after police said that they were caught hiding in a Detroit commercial building. James and Jennifer Crumbly entered no a non- guilty pleas to each of the four involuntary manslaughter counts against them during a hearing held on Zoom. Jennifer Crumbly sobbed and struggled to respond to the judge's questions at times, and James Crumbly shook his head with a prosecutor said that their son had full access to the gun used in the killings. Judge Julie Nicholson assigned a bond of $500,000 apiece to each of the parents and requires GPS monitoring if they plan to, I'm sorry, if they're paid to be released, agreeing with prosecutors that they pose a flight risk. Uh, Defense attorneys for the Crumblies still argued Saturday that they never intended to flee and had made plans to make the lawyers... Uh, meet their lawyers earlier that morning. Attorney Shannon Smith accused prosecutors of cherry-picking facts to release publicly, including the accusations that their teenage son had unrestricted access to the handgun prosecutors say that his father purchased for him before the shooting. Oakland County Prosecutor Karen McDonald's office filed involuntary manslaughter charges against the Crumblies on Friday, accusing them of failing to intervene on the day of the tragedy despite being confronted with a drawing and chilling message. Blood. Everywhere. That was found at the boy's desk. They could each face up to 15 years in prison, according to a spokeswoman for McDonald's office. The Crumblies committed egregious acts, from buying a gun on Black Friday and making it available to Ethan Crumbly to resist his removal from school when they were summoned a few hours before the shooting, McDonald says Friday. I want to break that down because there's a couple things here that are, are a little, they're being convoluted here. Buying a gun on Black Friday is not egregious. Making it available to Ethan Crumbly, a 15-year-old kid, is illegal. Um, In Michigan and federally, in Michigan, you have to be 18 in order to own a handgun. In federally, you have to be 21 to own a handgun or to buy a handgun from a registered dealer, I should say. Um, He's 15. He should not have access to or be able to say that I'm buying this for my 15-year-old son. That's an illegal activity. He's too young. That being said, that's the only egregious part. Um, Now, the resisting of removal from school when they were summoned a few hours before the shooting, that in and of itself is not egregious, though combined with everything else, is. Now, quote, our clients are just as devastated as everyone else, Smith said, adding that the gun was locked. She didn't provide more details during Saturday's hearing. Authorities have been looking for the couple since Friday afternoon. Late Friday, U.S. Marshals announced a reward of up to $10,000 each for information leading to their arrests. Smith, the Crumbley's attorney, had said Friday that the pair left town earlier that week for their own safety and would be returning to Oxford to face charges. During Saturday's hearing, Smith said that they were in touch by phone and text on Friday evening and blamed prosecutors for failing to communicate with her and fellow defense attorney, Mariel Lehman. Quote, our clients were absolutely going to turn themselves in. It was just a matter of logistics, she said. But McDonald said on Saturday that the couple took $4,000 out of an ATM on Friday morning in Rochester Hills, not far from the courthouse where they should have appeared that afternoon. So you can't on one hand say... And there's, there's another little note here I want to bring about this as well. But you cannot in one hand say that yes, we are going to turn ourselves in when you did not meet the appointment in order to turn yourself in. And then take out $4,000 from the ATM and then go missing hiding in a commercial building. Mm, something doesn't add up here. So clearly you're trying to run or else you wouldn't have taken out the four grand. Secondly, where the hell are you getting ATMs that allow you to take out $4,000 at once? I can't take out more than 400 from an ATM. I've tried. So what the hell ATMs do you guys got in Michigan? Cause we need these over here. There's, <laughs> I don't understand that logic at all. They would have to, if they were in Utah, they would have to hit so many different freaking ATMs to collect up four grand. It's unfair. <laughs> it's unfair. These are not the people that we uh, can be assured will return to court on their own. She said, true. A Detroit business owner spotted a car tied to the Crumblies in his parking lot late Friday. Oakland County Under Sheriff Michael McCrave said in a statement. A woman seen near the vehicle ran away when the business owner called 911, McCrave said. The couple was later located and arrested by Detroit Police. Detroit Police Chief James E. White said the couple were aiding in aided in getting into the building and that the person who helped them may also face charges. On Friday, that's a little weird. I mean, I understand that they're trying to hold the Parents responsible for the kids' access to the gun. But bringing in a guy who let them into a building, that's going a little far, in my opinion. Because they're not formally charged with anything as of yet, right? Or actually, maybe they were. Or maybe that was the appointment that they are going to, to be formally charged. Um, well, if they put them on bail, they had to be formally charged. So, yeah, I mean, that is illegal to abet a criminal in eluding the law. Oof, that's a tough one. On Friday, McDonald offered the most precise account so far of the events that led to the shooting at Oxford High School, roughly 30 miles north of Detroit. Ethan Crumbly, 15, emerged from a bathroom with a gun, shooting students in the hallway, investigators said. He's charged as an adult with murder, terrorism, and other crimes. Alright. This is where I have a real fucking problem. Um, hey, Alexander, I'm not going to show that comment. You need to simmer down. Alright? Show some respect. Um, you can disagree without getting offensive. All right. That being said, Ethan is a 15 year old child. Why do we have laws for children? If we're just going to charge them as adults, their brains are not fully developed. How can you charge a child as an adult? Yes, it is an egregious act. Yes, it's horrible and it's disgusting, but he's still a child. He should be tried as a child because he's a child. He's just a stupid fucking kid that has clear emotional issues that his parents clearly ignored over and over again and refused to address. Probably they actually added to. I mean, you have to look at children as a reflection of their parents. And here's something, parents out there, I am one myself, so I think I have a, a, a distinct parent perspective here until your kids are 18 and adults legally, you are responsible for their behavior, full stop. Now, you can actually influence your kids positively by teaching them, by being a positive part of their lives, by encouraging positive behaviors and discouraging negative behaviors, by providing consequences, by giving them jobs to do around the house and earning their own money. There are ways that you can encourage good behaviors And put your kid in therapy if they need it. You're only going to know that if you're involved in their lives. Allow them to make mistakes. Don't hover over them all their lives. Give them responsibility. Allow them to fail so they learn responsibility and consequence. But you, it is your role as the parent to raise the child. That doesn't mean just providing shelter, clothing, and food. That means teaching them what it means to be a positive, productive member of society. And it's not easy. That's why not everyone should be parents. Because it is really fucking hard, and it takes an emotional toll as a parent. If you're not ready for that toll, you should not become a parent. So yes, I do think you as a parent should suffer the consequences for the actions of your child because they are not just some other entity floating around in space you raised them for 15 years you raised this child this fucked up emotionally disturbed child you should have put him in counseling you should have been more involved in his life and you chose not to so he should not be charged as an adult because he's not an adult his brain is not fully formed as a human being He should be charged as a child because he's a child. You, as his parents, should suffer the consequences of his actions because it's up to you to teach him properly. That's how this society works. Under Michigan law, the involuntary manslaughter charge filed against the parents. Okay, so I'm sorry. I want to back up for just a second. So he's being charged as an adult for murder, terrorism, and other crimes. Terrorism is a political action. This is not a political action. So don't use fucking terrorism. That's stupid. Did he murder? Yeah. Should he have been having the handgun at all, period? No. So those are crimes that you can charge against him and his parents uh, by extension. But terrorism? You're just piling stuff on because you want to make a point. That's not right. you're you're, you're charging him as an adult because you think it was a horrendous act, which it was, but that's not right. Understand that just because you do things as a kid does not mean that that is who you're going to end up being as an adult. People suffer from chemical imbalances and emotional events that prevent them from growing fully, from being able to accept life. That's what therapy is for. Get him involved. He could end up being a really productive member of society. But now, he will never have the opportunity. Because you're slapping him as a fucking adult felon as a 15-year-old boy. That's going to follow him the rest of his life. And yes, that is horrible. He should face consequences. But there are legal consequences for his age that he should face. Basically, what they're doing is taking any possibility of him being a productive human in the future and washing it away by treating him as an adult. That's it. That's all you're doing. And that's not solving the problem. Ugh. All right, we got more. Um, before, I, before I get into some comments here. Patients in the U.S. are rarely charged in school shootings I'm sorry, parents in the U.S. are rarely charged in school shootings involving their children. Even at most minors get guns from their parents' or relatives' house, according to experts. That's the problem. If you do not equally apply the law to all of its citizens, then what are we doing here? If a child gets a firearm from their parents, that is the parent's fault. You cannot blame a child who does not have a fully formed brain When there are parents involved in their life, they have fully formed brains. They're making decisions actively. And yeah, as a parent, that sucks. But that's why you have to be involved in your kids' lives. That's why if you don't wanna face those consequences, don't have kids. It's very simple. If you are going to have a child, you are responsible for that child until they are no longer a child. That's how life works. School officials become concerned about the young Crumbly on Monday, a day before the shooting, when a teacher saw him searching for ammunition on his phone, McDonald said. Jennifer Crumbly was contacted, his mother, and subsequently told her son in a text message, laugh out loud, I'm not mad at you. You have to learn not to get caught. So she's encouraging him. (laughs) If I was told that my 15-year-old son was looking for... uh, ammunition for his 22 uh or whatever firearm they had the, the handgun that they have i don't know what it is um i i would be concerned i'd be like why are you looking for ammunition that's something that i should be providing and we should be going together to the range you don't do that you don't worry about that there have to be boundaries for children Uh, On Tuesday, a teacher found a note in Ethan's desk and took a photo. It was a drawing of a gun pointing at the words, the thoughts won't stop, help me. This kid is clearly crying out for help. He's clearly asking for help. So the teachers reached out to the parents. They did their job. The parents ignored it. They should suffer the consequences of ignoring their son's mental issues he doesn't know how to deal or communicate effectively he's a kid it's your responsibility as the adult to pick up on these signs like like literal signs with a gun pointing it won't stop help me maybe that's a clue that you should have a conversation or get him some fucking help there also was a drawing of a bullet she said with the words above it blood everywhere You could not make clearer signs that this kid is troubled. You just, you couldn't. Unless it was like in bold letters, tattooed across his forehead, I'm going to murder other children. It is as clear as it could possibly be that this kid needs help. The school quickly had a meeting with Ethan and his parents who were told to get him into counseling within 48 hours, McDonald said. The school did exactly what they should have done. The Crumblies failed to ask their son about the gun or check his backpack and resisted the idea of their son leaving the school at that time. Instead, the teen returned to class and the shooting subsequently occurred. In a written statement released Saturday, Oxford Community Schools Superintendent Tim Throne, for the first time, detailed the school's response to Crumbly's behavior. At the first meeting with the counselor and staff member, Crumbly said shooting sports were a hobby for his family, Throne said. Which is fine. That's totally normal and that's totally fine. But that in conjunction with looking up for ammo, having signs talking about blood everywhere help me and the blood will not stop, well, together contextually, it's a whole different message. It doesn't take a genius to figure out. Uh, Crumbly claimed the drawings were part of a video game design and said he wanted to pursue a career in that field the letter said. Uh, that is a possibility. And so, as a teacher, you have to t- put together contextual clues aside from just the note, you know, or any one of the two different notes or the behavior. If you are just doing this for um, uh, a future career in game design, which is ridiculous of a 15 year old to, to use as an excuse, um, well, then why are you looking for ammunition? What does that have to do with your future career in game design? Because contextually together, they don't add up. And so it's not a suitable answer to accept. According to guidance counselors, Crumbly was calm and worked on homework while staff tried to reach his parents and they traveled to the school. The parents did not notify counselors that they had purchased a gun for their son recently during the meeting. Look, Ownership of a firearm legally is by the person who purchased it. You have to register it. You, you know, you, you literally, that is the owner. So I bought a 22 rifle so that I could teach my daughter how to properly use a rifle and not to be afraid of handguns. She doesn't like it. She doesn't enjoy being around it. But I thought it was important that I go with her and in a safe range environment, teach her how to properly use the 22. And when she's of age, if she wants it, I will then transfer ownership to her. I would never buy a handgun and say, this is for you. Congratulations. You're asking for trouble. This is a child, a fucking child. I need to just drill that into everyone's fucking head. It is illegal for a child to own a handgun. So why would you as a parent think it's okay to buy a handgun for the child? Given the fact that the child had no prior disciplinary infractions, the decision was made he would return to the classroom rather than be sent home to an empty house, which in that situation was probably the right choice. I would have also suggested a counselor sort of shadow him the rest of the day. Given the fact that the child had no... I'm sorry. The prosecutor, McDonald, also previously argued that the crumbly parents should have told counselors their son had access to a gun when they called for the meeting about his behavior. Yeah, no shit. James Crumbly, um Jennifer Crumbley texted her son after the shooting saying, Ethan, don't do it. After the shooting, she texted Ethan, don't do it. So at some point she realized the gun was missing. She thought he would use it to kill people. And after she sent the text saying, don't do it. Where were you leading up to the day? Where were you with all of the warning signs in place? You are not a responsible human being. You should not have any children. This kid should be taken away from you and you should go to prison because this is your fault as a parent. This could have been prevented, not be from legislation, not from anything other than the parents being involved with their kid's life. Full stop. James Crumbly called 911 to say that the gun was missing from their home and that Ethan might be the shooter. The gun had been kept in an unlocked drawer in the parents' bedroom. And that's the other part of this. I understand that the reason you buy firearms is to protect yourself or to use to hunt for sport or just as a hobby. And so the idea of using it to protect yourself and keeping ammo away from the firearm and keeping it unloaded and keeping it in a locked container doesn't really mesh up. Because ultimately, if someone breaks down your door, you wanna be able to grab your firearm and use it. But if you have kids in the house, if you have kids that are troubled in the house and you're leaving it in an unlocked drawer, you literally told him it was his gun. When he's searching for ammo, you're saying, don't worry, just don't get caught. You're literally telling him it's okay to do what he did until after it's done when you texted him to please not do it. Ethan accompanied his father to the gun purchase on November 26 and posted photos of the firearm on social media saying, just got my new beauty today, McDonald said. Over the long Thanksgiving weekend, Jennifer Crumbly wrote on social media that this is a mom and son day testing out his new Christmas present, the prosecutor said, asking at a news conference if the father could be charged for purchasing the gun for the son. Uh, Yeah. McDonald said that that would be a decision for federal authorities. McDonald, when asked about the decision to keep Crumbly in school, quote, of course, he shouldn't have gone back to the classroom. I believe this is a universal position. I'm not going to chastise or attack but yeah she said asking if school officials may be potentially charged McDonald said the investigation is ongoing no they did everything that they could within their limits uh, except for having a counselor shadow them or a teacher shadow them or some sort of officer I had a police officer called in to my son when he had a nerf gun at school a nerf gun They called the cops, then they called me, and I came in facing a cop looking at me like, Dude, I'm so sorry. This is the stupidest thing i ever fucking heard in my life. I don't know why they're doing this, but zero tolerance. And so I had to sit there as if my son was a goddamn criminal for being in school with a Nerf gun. Meanwhile, these parents know the firearm is missing. They know their son's looking for fucking ammunition. They know that he has a sense of ownership of the gun. They don't lock the fucking gun up. The kid is clearly emotionally troubled. And then people fucking die. And everyone's like, well, what could we have done? Take responsibility for your children. That's what you could have done. There were 29 school shootings this year. And 21 of those were after August 1st. That's a lot of school shootings. That's a lot of parents not paying attention. That's a lot of firearms not properly stored. We have a problem in this country. And I think it's a problem of education. And it's a problem of actually caring about your own kids and knowing how to actually be a parent. And the government actually imposing the laws these parents should go to jail this kid should be taken from them they are incapable of being parents all right what do you guys have to say you don't understand why 18 you can buy a gun but are not responsible enough to drink beer well it used to be 18 actually you don't understand why you can die for your country at 18 says cameron but can't buy cigarettes or beer um (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh true his parents Oh, I lost it. True, his parents, on the other hand, though, uh, you think this whole situation is kind of fucked. It is totally fucked. I, for one, would go back to smack the hell out of your 15-year-old self. Yeah, well, Everyone screwed up at 15. You're supposed to. You're a stupid kid. That's how you learn. But that's why it's so important to have responsible adults around. Um, people are more than willing to throw everything away over the simplest things. The real question is, what kind of a society done... What has our society done to convince these kids that there's no other solution? I mean, a lot of it, again, we've stigmatized therapy um, collectively in our past. Um, We've made it so you have to pay so much for it in a lot of cases, so people can't afford it. And that's not going to solve every case. But if it's a kid who's clearly troubled and they're not getting the help that they deserve, well, then we should be thinking about how we can resolve that problem. And um, Noki says, getting a job with murder on your record is hard. With terrorism rap, you might as well just jump off a bridge. So many red flags, says Jason. Yeah, dude. You could, it couldn't be a more perfect situation of saying, my kid needs help. It, it just couldn't. There's no other way that you could say, I don't know. Maybe he's just playing games. Uh, it's completely irresponsible on the parents' part on so many levels. Timmy stole my lunch. Motherfuckers is going to get my medal. <laughs> that motherfucker's gonna get yeah uh let's see the parents are at fault here i believe they are uh personally a lock in your father's desk drawer once saved your life from a handgun so it's important i lost a friend um to suicide from a handgun i don't know how he got it but the fact is that it was available and so he killed himself when you are in moments of deep depression or you are just not able to emotionally handle what's happening in your life, which is this case for so many of us as kids and adults, rash decisions, it, it, a single impulse is all it takes to completely change your entire life or end it. And you, you're never thinking rationally and you can't be expected to think rationally when you have chemical imbalances or when you're suffering trauma. That's why it's so important to make sure that healthcare is available for everyone so that they can have the means of accessing support and then to have a stable fucking life. Their parents, and again, that's this is the. Not everyone is going to have the perfect childhood. Some people are sexually assaulted or physically or emotionally abused. Uh, sometimes parents. Just don't have time to spend because they're trying to earn money so that they can support the kids. Or maybe it's just one parent. No one always has the best situation as a family. Very few people actually do have a good family situation. But that's why it's so important that everyone understands that once you have kids, your life is no longer about you, it's about them until they're adults. And if you can't accept that, don't have kids. It's that simple. You can fuck all you want through life. You don't have to have kids because of it. You're not sure how that uh, applies uh, to the point? Uh, Just saying it's important to lock up guns. I wouldn't be here today if you had access. Yeah. It's not easy to just get therapy as people think it is. No, it's not. And that's what I'm saying. You need a support system for that. First of all, you need to have medical insurance in order to get therapy support. Then you have to have a support system that's going to take you there and back and care about you. And then you're going to have to be able to listen and hear what the therapist is trying to help you with. And that takes years and lifetimes in some cases. It's not a simple cut and dry answer, but if you don't have that as an option, if your parents refuse to do it because they just don't believe in it, well then yeah, we've got a possible problem on this society. All right, Um, so would further gun legislation help this particular case? No, I don't see how it could. The guy broke laws by giving his kid a a handgun. He broke laws, um, I'm sorry, he allowed the kid access to it. Uh, They allowed the kid to purchase uh, ammunition. Um, They ignored signs, warning signs. The kid was asking for help in these warning signs and they refuse to give the kid help. This is not the kid's fault. Yes, he did it and he should be held accountable as a child, but this is clearly a parent issue, clearly. It it drives me crazy. It seems so obvious and yet we just ignore it. And now I'm sure there's gonna be more gun legislation and I am for some forms of stricter gun reform. I am. I've never been a person that just says, hey, let's get rid of all gun laws. Everyone deserves the right to a firearm. No, no, they do not. I know our second amendment exists and I believe it's interpreted completely differently, literally by the word of the amendment than all of the NRA interprets it, but that's the accepted understanding of it. And so working within those boundaries, there are things that we could still do that would not have solved anything in this case though. Nothing. This is all on the parents, 100%. So they should suffer the consequences um so weird man therapy only helps you conform to the society as it is your point was what changes can we make to our culture as a whole that would hold people help people see the meaning of going on um see now we're going to get in some sort of difficult territory because i don't think everyone should go on (laughs) i don't if you're if it this is just my opinion if you are incapable of leading a productive life in a society, I do not think you should be in that society. Period. So that means that not every human being—I don't, I don't believe in sanctity of life. I don't think just because you're born you deserve to be here. I really don't. The chaos of the world and the machinations of man prove that there is no such thing as sanctity in life or the idea that we deserve to exist. The only way that we do exist is by working within the confines of a society in order to exist. And that means you have to be productive or suck at the teeth of society. And I don't, I don't like the idea of sucking at the teeth. I would rather stand on my own two feet and say either I can or I cannot And if you cannot, I don't want to pay for you. It's callous, it's cruel, but so is life. Anyway, that's why I think. Um, So hate me, I don't care. (laughs) Let's let's do a little creature feature. Oh my gosh, I'm on the side of an hour. We gotta hurry. I gotta get out of here. All right, let me get this image. Oh, okay, I was going to say, what happened to the image? That's weird. <laughs> this is so stupid, but right? It's the only thing I could think of today for a, a creature feature. My favorite holiday film. It is The Family Stone. Now, The Family Stone has a 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb. It is 53% rotten on RottenTomatoes.com with 63% audience score. And yet, it is probably my favorite holiday film that I watch every single year and I ball at the end of every single year. I can't help it. It is such an, um, there is such this emotional core to the the film and then at the end just this moment of devastation and love and beauty. It's just, it it grabs every little ounce of moisture and yanks it right out of my eyeballs. (laughs) It's painful and it sucks, but it does it. Alright, so this was written and directed by Thomas Bazooka. Bazooka? Pazoochia? Sorry, dude, if I'm messing that up. It was released December sixteenth, two 2005. Here's the logline. An uptight conservative businesswoman accompanies her boyfriend to his eccentric and outgoing family's annual Christmas celebration and finds she's a fish out of water in the free-spirited way of life. So that's the setup. Ultimately, what it is is um, a sort of brother and sister sort of love swap that happens but there's so much more nuance between the different relationships of this stone family and how they're interacting with each other and the complications of each relationship it's a very like sort of detailed drama that is wildly nuanced and there's these little glimpses of just and they're very unconventional which is really great because you know like for example the mother is uh, she has uh, breast cancer and she had her breasts removed and so she's trying to deal with that while still being positive with the rest of the family. She's, um, the cancer has returned. And so she doesn't think that she's going to live much longer. The father's trying to manage those issues as well as, you know, trying to keep it from their kids. Um, but their kids are all grown with their own kids. And, and there's this just core of love to the family and this again, bitter rivalry between some of the kids. And it's, it's just such a beautiful film that has this really sort of silly slapsticky premise of a guy brings home a, a woman to uh, get the sort of family heirloom wedding ring from his mom. The mom doesn't believe that he's right or that she's right for him. So she doesn't want to give up the ring. And then uh, her sister comes because the, some of the family is being really kind of rude to this woman and uh, the sister comes to support this woman and the guy falls in love with the, his girl's sister. And so then his brother falls in love with the girl and so there's this weird sort of wife swappy, you know relationship swappy film which is kind of ridiculous in some cases but if you can get past the sort of silliness of it there's so much beauty in this film and at the end of it oh man um the you know the relationships get worked out at the very end and then she presents the family with this gift it i mean even now i'm getting a little misty because it is so powerful in the way that they filmed it. And if you appreciate like emotional core to films and you can appreciate a good cathartic experience that's gonna hit you hard first, This film is definitely, it's got it. Diane Diane Keaton is Sybil Stone, the mother, suffering from cancer. Craig T. Nelson is Kelly Stone, the father, who's trying to manage it. Dermot Mulroney is Everett Stone, the the son who brings the daughter home to try to get the ring. Luke Wilson is Ben Stone, his brother. Sarah Jessica Parker is Meredith Morton, the would-be wife. And Claire Danes plays Julia Morton, the uh, sister to uh, Jessica Parker's uh, character. It's great. There's so many moments that just remind me of Christmas and not in the cheesy, like, oh, it's a tree. So, or, or or there's snow, you know, just like those heartfelt moments that even if you've never had, you certainly can recognize as what is a draw for the holidays. So I never had the closeness of a family that these people have. And it's something that I don't even necessarily think I ever wanted or do want until I had kids. And then I want that for me and my kids. And so I've done everything I can to try to foster a positive, loving family environment. And the holidays is just one really great excuse to sort of keep everyone together, play board games, listen to music, talk, watch movies, and just be together as a loving family. And yes, you're going to fight and argue. That's natural. But it's also important to make the effort because being in a loving family is the same thing as being in a loving relationship. It means that at times there's not gonna be love. It means there's going to be struggle and sacrifice and compromise. It means you're gonna hate people from time to time. But it's your willingness to continue trying because with any relationship, the only way it lasts is with effort and work. If you're not willing to put forth the effort and if you're not willing to put in the work, it will never last. And this film encapsulates that so beautifully there's just so many wonderful moments in it it's just and there's wonderful explorations of um predisposed racial biases um family dynamics that are wildly unconventional um and just an underpinning of of care oh god it's so good it is so goddamn good most people hated it though clearly because it got a rotten rating I was shocked when I found that out. Anyway, um, Sarah Jessica Parker was nominated for a Golden Globe for her performance. Uh, Keaton, Nelson, and McAdams each got a Satellite Award nomination for their performances. It is a good film. It is a very holiday film. It's not a Christian film, though. I mean, I don't know if the people who made it are or not, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't lead with any religion. It leads with family dynamics. And I came from a very fucked up family. And so for some reason, I'm always really interested in family dynamics. This is a really great example of it, uh, of just how even when there are real problems that you have to address, you can still come together uh, if you're willing to, to put the effort in. It's great. Check it out. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I appreciate your time and attention. Um, again, there's no more email list, but you can always subscribe to this channel and click that little bell. If you want to find out what videos are coming next, I am planning on doing a video later on today. I don't know if I actually will. So don't wait, (laughs) you know, don't be like waiting on my channel. Um, go live your lives. If you happen to catch it, awesome. If I do it, awesome. If not, Hey, go live your life. Have some fun. Um, take some responsibility and choose to enjoy yourself this afternoon, right? Do it for Satan. Satan wants you to have fun. He told me. I have I have a direct line. <laughs> All right. Have a great one. Until next week. Hail Satan.